Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and the podcast when you follow us on Instagram or Twitter, at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 20, called Our Crown at His Coming. Paul says that these people who block the reception of the gospel, block people from hearing the gospel, they stack their sins up to the heaven. They're adding wrath because God will repay justly for every time this happens. Jesus said, if you hinder one of these little ones from believing in me, it would be better if a heavy millstone be tied around your neck and you be drowned into the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks for they will inevitably come, but woe to the man through whom they come. Hey, this is, this is what Jesus said. Don't you block people from believing in me. Don't you try to steal away their faith. If you're a professor in a university and you try to undermine people's faith, shame on you. Shame on you. And for every person that you turn away from the Lord, you're going to answer. You're going to answer. Those aren't my words. That's what Jesus said. That's what Paul says. They're stacking the wrath to the utmost. Some believe that this was realized in AD 70 as the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. Jesus says something similar, and I, I got to take you there. It's, it's hard, but I, I got to take you there. It's in Matthew 23. And you say, hard, Pastor Michael, that, that's all this is. <laughs> well, here you go. This is Matthew 23. I want you to see Jesus is in the temple area, the last week of his life. And here's what he says, Matthew 23. We're going to pick it up in 31. He says, consequently, Matthew 23, 31, you bear witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. I remember there's a, there's a visual Bible rendering of the NIV version. It was done, I think it was done in the 90s. And Jesus, the character who plays Jesus, says something like this. He gets to 32 and he says, fill up the measure of your sins because he's, He's addressing a crowd without a megaphone. And it just, it just rings out. Fill up the measure of your sins. And then in politically correct language, Jesus says, you serpents, you brood of vipers, how shall you escape the sentence of hell? Is that Jesus? Yes. Therefore, behold, I'm sending you prophets and wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. Notice that upon you may fall the guilt of all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things shall come upon this generation. That's why some people believe it's A.D. 70. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together the way hen, a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you were what? You wouldn't believe. You were unwilling. Behold, this is very sad. Your house is left to you desolate. 
You know, in about 40 years from the time he spoke that, the temple was raised, shattered to the ground within a generation. And that's why some people believe that Jesus' words in Matthew 24, this generation has application to A.D. 70 as well as, I believe, to a future time of great trouble or tribulation. All right, take a breath. Back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. But we, brethren, 17, ha having been bereft for you, of you for a short while, 1 Thessalonians 10, 2, 17, in person, not in spirit, were all the more eager with great desire we longed to see your face. Paul so desired to be with this church again, but he couldn't because they were run out of town. And apparently he tried to get back several times and he was, he was kept from it. I want you to think for a moment, just personalize this. And this is more personal now than it would have ever been. But you're part of a church family, a small group Bible study. You have, you have people in your church that you love and all of a sudden you can't be with them anymore. And some people have, you know, they've ended up in that way because of health situations or whatever it may be, and you can't see their face, and you try to get back. So whatever scenario would describe that. You try to get back to them, and you can't. You keep getting hindered. You want to see their face, but something keeps stopping it. You know, sometimes uh, we, we have a desire to be with a loved one, and... Uh, Maybe traveling is not possible or some of you know the stories of what's happened in the pandemic where people wanted to travel home and a loved one was, you know, uh, maybe gravely ill or passed away and they couldn't even get there. We've heard stories of uh, services, funeral services that have been almost impossible to hold or all they could have was 10 or less family members. These are hard things. Hard things. Let me share a story with you. Peggy Noonan, speechwriter for Ronald Reagan, relates a story about Frances Green, 83-year-old woman who lived by herself on Social Security in, town, in a town just outside of San Francisco. She had a little money, but for eight years, she had been sending $1 a year to the Republican National Convention. One day, Frances got a RNC fundraising letter in the mail, a beautiful piece on thick cream-colored paper with black and gold lettering, it invited the recipient to come to the White House to meet President Reagan. She never noticed the little RSVP card that suggested a positive reply needed to be accompanied by a generous donation. I would assume more than one dollar. Well, she thought she'd been invited because she was given the dollar a year. So she scraped together all that she could. She put on a wonderful dress, you know, dressed up, rode a train across country to get to D.C. She didn't have the money to get a sleeper car, so she slept upright in coach. Well, she ended up at the White House. She got to the guard, up to the gate, gave her name. However, the man frowned, glanced over his official list and told her that her name wasn't there. She couldn't go in. Francis Green was heartbroken. A Ford Motor Company executive was standing in line behind her. 
He watched and listened to the little scenario, and realizing something was wrong, he pulled Frances aside and got her story. Then he asked her to return at 9 o'clock the next morning and meet him there. She agreed. In the meantime, he made contact with Ann Higgins, a presidential aide, and got clearance to give her a tour of the White House and introduce her to the president. Reagan agreed and said, of course, I will meet her. The next day was anything but, but calm and easy at the White House. Ed Meese had just resigned. There had been a military uprising abroad. Reagan was in and out of high-level secret sessions. But Francis Green showed up at 9 o'clock, full of expectation and enthusiasm. The executive met her, gave her a wonderful tour of the White House, then quietly led her to the Oval Office, thinking maybe at best she might get a quick glimpse of the president on her way out. Members of the National Security Council came out. High-ranking generals were coming and going. In the midst of all the hubbub, President Reagan glanced out, saw Francis Green, and with a smile, he gestured her into the office. She entered. He arose from his desk and called out, Francis! Those darn computers, they fouled up again. If I'd known you were coming, I would have come out and greeted you myself. He then invited her to sit down, and they talked leisurely about California, her town, her life, her family. The President of the United States gave Francis Green a lot of time that day, more than he had. Some would say it was time wasted. But those who say that, that, uh, say that didn't know Ronald Reagan. He knew this woman had nothing to give him, but she needed something he could give her. And so he, as well as the Ford executive, writes Peggy Noonan, took the time to be kind and compassionate. This is the stuff of the kingdom of God, right? This is what it means to love people well. This is what it means to be welcomed into the family of God. Verse 18. For we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, more than once, and yet Satan, notice, the Greek word here is satanus, thwarted us. Satan thwarted us. You could reference 2 Thessalonians 2.9 where the man of lawlessness is empowered by Satan to do supernatural signs. Satanus is the Greek word for Satan, the accuser, the adversary, the prince of evil spirits. Do you know that Jesus and Paul both believed in a literal Satan? People laugh at that. Satan, what are you talking about? Satan. Well, Paul believed in Satan, and Jesus did too. And Satan apparently, well, not apparently, Satan was able to thwart Paul from getting back to the Thessalonians. I want you to pause here for a second. We'll move hopefully quickly. Thessalonica was on a strategic road. Scholars say that Thessalonica being one to the Lord was imperative for the spread of Christianity because Thessalonica was located on the Via Ignatia, the main Roman highway moving from, uh, it would move the gospel from west to east. And Satan knew, because of the strategic location and also there was a harbor there, that if he could thwart the spread to Thessalonica and the encouragement of those believers, he could thwart the gospel making progress. Let me say to you that even though Satan is a defeated foe, he still gets some small victories. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Scholars say that Thessalonica being one to the Lord was imperative for the spread of Christianity because Thessalonica was located on the Via Ignatia, the main Roman highway moving from, uh, it would move the gospel from west to east. And Satan knew, because of the strategic location and also there was a harbor there, that if he could thwart the spread to Thessalonica and the encouragement of those believers, he could thwart the gospel making progress. Let me say to you that even though Satan is a defeated foe, he still gets some small victories. He goes about as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And when you get to heaven, you can ask Peter about how effective he is because he had been requesting permission to sift Peter as wheat. And he got a little temporary victory over Peter, right? As Peter denied the Lord three times and was devastated. That's why you got to put on the whole armor of God to take your stand against the, what? The schemes of the enemy or the devil. Look, we have a foe, folks. And yes, he's a defeated foe. And ultimately, he's going to end up in that place of defeat. But right now, he's winning some battles. And some of you lost this week. I won't ask for a witness. (laughs) And some of our brethren are metaphorically speaking laying in the gutter having lost recently. And here we are in California. People say, as California goes, so goes the rest of the country. Is it any wonder that we're dealing with what we're dealing with right now? And I... I'm going to put aside the governmental stuff and just talk to you about the spiritual stuff. Are you with me? In Daniel chapter 10, there are territorial spirits. There's the prince of Persia who is obviously a demonic force. There are territorial spirits moving in different spheres in different places. And we need prayer and we need fasting and we need to realize we are ultimately fighting a spiritual battle and California is strategic to that battle. Anybody? You out there? Do you realize what's going on here? We've got to kind of take the veil back a little bit. More could be said, but let's get to the good verses. <laughs> For who is our hope or joy or crown? See that word crown? It's Stephanos in Greek. There's, there's two words for crown. Diadema is a crown that is uh, like given to a king. It's not, it's not an award 
so much as it's just their position. A Stephanos, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-O-S, is something you earn. It's what was given if you won an Olympic medal or a, a, a wreath of flowers. And Paul says, who is our hope? Now get this, our crown Stephanos, our exaltation, our reason for boasting and glorying. This is a pretty new church, but he says, is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his parousia? That's the idea of the coming of the king. Our hope, our joy, our reason for glorying when Jesus returns is going to be you. I want you to imagine for a moment the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and here you are with all your Christian friends, maybe that you've known over the years, maybe ones that you've lost. You haven't lost them, right? But they've gone on to, be, to go to heaven. Maybe they moved out of the area. Maybe you, you didn't even realize you witnessed to somebody when you were a brand new Christian and you were telling everybody about Jesus and they're there and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah and you're, oh yeah. You're gonna be doing. Can we hug up here? We gotta just fist bump. We, we gotta do elbows. No, we... We're good. There's no virus up here. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? And you're going to say, Lord, anything that is celebrated here, I did for you. We bow down. We lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. See, this is what this is about. We're living for something that's ahead of us that I don't even think we could imagine. It's going to be a banquet. It's going to be a party, like an Italian party, <laughs> a Jewish wedding dancing celebration. Some of you are going to loosen up a little. You're going to, you're going to move from just right here. I'm in the pocket. This is all I got right here. You know, you, something's going to start to twirl. I don't know. I just want you to think for a second about what that day is going to look like. And I want you to put that day in your heart so that you don't lose heart right now. That's what Paul is saying. Hey, it's been tough. There's been persecution and difficulty. But you, 20, are our glory and joy. How easily we just pass by people. We could look at a snow-covered mountain the rushing of the ocean waves, a bird in flight. We're like, wow. And we get so easily passed by the ones that have been made in God's image, the ones that are going to be our joy and glory and crown on that day. And that day, not too far away. Father, thank you for your living word. It is refreshing to our souls. One day there's going to be so much rejoicing. We're going, to, we're going to be partying in the best sense of that word. We're going to be glorying and celebrating and saying, Lord, you allowed me to use your resources, your gospel, your power, your gifts, and I'm going to be rewarded and you're going to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Thank you that that is a place of joy.
Lord, we have our trials here, certainly. It's true, there are things that can steal away our joy. Sometimes we allow those things to steal our joy. Help us to live in the light of the coming, the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not a believer, this would be such a great time to just say, Jesus, would you save me? I don't want to play church. I don't want to, you know, just hear the word. I want to be transformed. Let that word perform its work in me. Give me life. Cry out to him. Tell him you are repenting of your sin and you believe in Jesus' death for you and his resurrection. He'll save you. He is faithful to save, but you must believe. You must trust him. Just cry out to him. He'll save you. He'll give you life. If you've been a prodigal and you've been away, or maybe you're that person, man, I, I've been, I skinned my knee this week or this last month or a couple of months. He'll welcome you home. Just get right. And Father, for this beautiful, wonderful congregation, when I think about what's ahead of us, man, it's so good. So rich, so beautiful. So much to rejoice about. Help us to stay focused on those good things ahead. And that'll put everything in perspective now. We, we have so much good to celebrate now as well. Thank you. You've been so good to us. So good to us. We give you thanks. Bless your people. Fill them with joy and peace. Strengthen them from the inside out. Flood them with your spirit. And I pray that this will be a, just a very special week ahead, rejoicing, walking out our faith in Jesus' name. You've been listening to Our Crown at His Coming, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 through 20. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program or Part 1 or 2, you can listen on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Michael Lance is the Senior Pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. Pastor Michael and the rest of us here at Walk in Truth would love it if you joined us for any one of our church services, Bible studies, or the special events we do throughout the year. Find out what's going on by downloading the Living Truth app. And in case there's more than one, it's the one with the red logo and the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael with some final words. So, how's your crown? <laughs> you know, that's an interesting question because we are building a crown. And interestingly enough, our crown is people that we've touched for the Lord, one to the Lord, discipled in the Lord, planted seeds. Maybe we gave something that contributed to meeting a need that uh, opened their heart to Christ. There's a number of ways that we can add to our crowns. And, you know, the beautiful picture is that we're going to be surrounded by that crown one day, that we're going to be able to see people that we influenced and that influenced us for the gospel. And we're going to be able to present those people as our offering to our King. What a beautiful, uh, wonderful picture that is. That day is coming, sweet saint. You're, you're an evangelist. You're listening right now. You go out all the time and you try to share and rejection is a normal part of what you do. And it gets hard and you got to be honest sometimes. Sometimes you go, can I get my feet moving to do it again? Well, I want to tell you, every person that you reach for Christ is your crown that you're going to present to your king. And that, and the fact that he's coming soon, motivates me to stay on course. Yeah, it's true. I have my moments just like you, and I think we got to admit that. Sometimes we feel like the psalmist. We're poured out. 
but we find our renewed hope in the Lord. Speaking about finding renewed hope, one of the reasons that we gather together on a Sunday morning is to renew our hope, to encourage one another, and all the more as we see the day drawing near. And so I want to invite you to our services at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Sunday mornings, we meet at 9 and 11, 15 a.m. Right here in the beautiful city of Corona, right off the 91 freeway in Lincoln Avenue, 9 and 11, 15 a.m. Sunday morning. Hey, if you've been listening for a while and you're like, man, I'd love to be part of a service that goes on at Living Truth. I'd, I'd like to meet some of the folks that go there and I would love to meet you. Well, you can find out information and directions to the church in Corona when you download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillars. You can get info, directions, service times, what's going on for the kids, teenagers, and so much more. And if nothing else, you can go to walkintruth.com to get all the other info that you need. Walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening. God bless you. And we'll talk to you very soon. One more thing before we go. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on the radio, provide the podcast, and to do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply it to today's issues, trends, and culture. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And thank you. Join us Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Thessalonians 3 called Now We Really Live If You Stand Firm in the Lord. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a great weekend. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.